0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Music for a Book podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Britt. And I'm Hannah. And every two weeks, we read and review a book. We pick a song and assign it to that book, draw the parallels between the two, and have a lot of fun along the way. So, welcome back to our eighth episode and our very special Halloween episode.
1: So excited. Yes, happy Halloween. Hopefully, you listened to our first spooky series. Episode, our part one and part two. It was a lot of fun. Yes. Um, But we are excited to uh, close out our spooky series for 2023 with Hidden Pictures.
0: Yes. This book was a journey. So, because this is our special Halloween episode, and because Hidden Pictures literally uses visual imagery to kind of propel the plot forward and throw you through the book, we are going to format this episode a little bit differently and quite possibly our next episode too. So we are gonna more so freely talk about the book as a whole, our feelings, so we might be jumping around the plot a little bit. So if you haven't read Hidden Pictures, you might not get as in-depth of like a plot overview as we have in our other books, but I still think that you'll be along for a really fun ride, be able to enjoy the episode. And we just wanna have a little bit of fun with this one. So how the episode will work is we will go over trigger warnings and give a general synopsis of the book. Then we are going to give you our song choices. And from there, you will enter spoiler territory. So if you are interested in reading Hidden Pictures, we definitely recommend pausing the podcast at that point, coming back to us after you've read it so you could kind of enjoy our chit chat and our talks about it. If you haven't read it and you're just here to hang out and vibe with us, welcome. We're super excited to have you. But for now, we're going to move into our triggers and synopsis and move forward from there. Dear Reader. Okay, so for Hidden Pictures, this is a thriller, horror, paranormal mystery. So there's a few trigger warnings just to be aware of. There is a lot of talk about addiction, drug abuse, also murder. There's some kidnapping. There's a car accident, more drug use, and a little bit of infertility. It is... Sometimes a little bit graphic, but honestly, I don't think it's anything that you wouldn't be able to handle. It more so is just, like, incredibly creepy and unsettling. Yes. For the synopsis
1: of this book, Mallory Quinn is fresh out of rehab when she takes a job babysitting Ted and Caroline Maxwell's five-year-old son, Teddy. She immediately bonds with this sweet boy who is never without a sketchbook. His drawings are usual fare, trees, rabbits, balloon... But one day he draws something a little different, a man dragging a woman's lifeless body. Then his stick figures evolve into increasingly sophisticated sketches depicting one disturbing scene after another. Is Teddy troubled or is he channeling forces he cannot possibly understand? Knowing just how crazy it all sounds, Mallory must decipher the images
0: and save Teddy before it's too late. So, are you ready to talk about our song choices? Yes. (laughs) I say that with hesitation this week because I feel like I personally struggled. I don't know if you struggled. I feel like I just, I I didn't know what to do with this one.
1: Yeah. I feel like there was just so many directions could have taken this song into. Mm -hmm. Like pick the character, pick a song or just kind of in general. I had a hard time, but I kept going back to like one song Mm -hmm. particularly That I thought, if this was made into a movie, I feel like this song would have
0: been enough. Okay, I love that. As we were, like, gearing up to record this episode, I made a game-time decision to change my song. Because I picked one, and I didn't quite feel right about it. I actually, I'm just going to reveal that one, because I do think it actually applies here, too. But my song that I had originally chosen was Ghost Story by All Time Low and Cheat Codes. And... I really liked it, but there was something about it that wasn't sitting right with me. So literally about two minutes before we hit record, I changed it back to this original song that I picked. And I don't know how popular this song was. I remember it a lot from growing up in my little emo childhood. But my actual song is X Amount of Words by Blue October. Okay.
1: I don't know if I've ever heard yeah. it. Like, I know Blue October, mm-hmm. so
0: I might have... It and just may not be able to pinpoint it totally but, all right cool yeah my first non taylor swift song
1: yeah here we go uh for me i went off to i chose a Billie eilish song love and i chose Bury a friend by
0: billy eilish
1: Ooh. i love this because it kind of gives that creepy vibe off yeah
0: beautiful All right, so we will discuss those songs a little bit more in detail later. But for now, you are entering spoiler territory. We're getting ready to just talk about this book. And again, uh, we're probably going to be jumping around all over the plot for this conversation. So we might start with some crazy twists and spoilers. We might start at the beginning, whatever we feel like chatting about. So if you are not interested in getting spoilers. This is your chance to back out now.
1: Yes, I read this book in a day. So pause the episode, go read it, and then come back. Because like Britt said, this is a little different format for us. So usually we lead up to the spoilers. But we are just going to dive right in, right away. And make all the connections, the foreshadows, and just talk about it. So if you want to go through the creepiness and learn the story yourself, definitely read it. Otherwise, stick around, hang out with us and learn about
0: Teddy's drawings. Creepy ass pictures. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Uh
1: right. So the story starts out a um, week to meet our narrator, Mallory Quinn. I will say, so it talks about how she was in this research study, would do that for money. Um, But then sold her cell phone for drugs. And right away, I was like, she's going to be the worst narrator. Like, so unreliable. Like, we talk about unreliable narrators. Yes. I was like, Mallory is going to be unreliable. Yeah. Like, you know, we kind of know from the description, right, that Teddy could be channeling forces or there's something going on. And I'm already like, okay, yeah. Mallory, unreliable. I don't trust her.
0: Yeah. And so like we get some information about mallory's past how she she's only 21 years old and at this point in time she is coming up on being 18 months sober and we need i think i'm just gonna do like a quick overview of who these characters are that way like as we're talking and if we're bouncing around you kind of have an idea of what we're getting into so mallory quinn is our narrator she is the one who got out of rehab 18 months sober she's 21 years old she was a pretty intense runner and she ended up losing her scholarship due to injury, ended up addicted to painkillers, and her story just kind of evolved from there. We have Russell, who is her sponsor. Russell was an assistant coach for Team USA in the Summer Olympics. So he's a track and field champion. And so He only took her on because of her promise as an athlete, and he uses that as part of her recovery tools. So he gives her running distances, he gives her training to kind of help keep her on track. And then we have the the family. (laughs) The Maxwells. The Maxwells. So we have Caroline, another Caroline. I didn't realize that until right this second. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we have Caroline Maxwell, who is the mother We have Teddy Maxwell, who is their son. And then we have Ted Maxwell, who is the father. So then we also have Adrian, who is a supporting character, and he is the Maxwell's landscaper. He goes to Rutgers, and he is doing this on the side with his dad's business over the summer. So that's our little misfit cast of characters that we have. Can we? Okay. The first thing that I want to talk about these, the list of rules that they had. So, yes, I was just rereading them. Yeah. Caroline Maxwell works
1: with, um, at the VA. Yes. And she does work with patients that are in recovery. <laughs> so, when uh, Mallory applies for the job, Ted is a little hesitant at first, like having like an ad- addict come be the nanny, mm-hmm. but where Caroline kind of understands the recovery piece and everything that she, Is a little bit more open to it. Yeah.
0: And by open to it, like a little more forceful in the fact that she really, really, really wants Mallory to be Teddy's babysitter. So that's the job that Russell kind of set her up with is to be the summer babysitter for Teddy before he starts kindergarten. So it's in a really, Mm -hmm. really nice neighborhood in New Jersey. In New Jersey. Yep. So (laughs) really nice neighborhood in New Jersey very quaint very quiet not a lot happens there so nope she feels very out of place it's like a cute little you know downtown area coffee shop little shops here and there so she goes to meet caroline and do like an interview and she also meets teddy at this point and ted's not there yet but caroline like lays out this list of rules and i did tab this because i was like this is I, I have some questions, so I'm just gonna briefly read them. There's, a, there's 10, so their house rules. Number one, no drugs, of course. Two, no drinking, of course. Three, no smoking, got it. Four, no profanity. Five, no screens. Six, no red meat. Seven, no junk food. Eight, no visitors without permission. Nine, no photos of Teddy on social media. And ten, no religion or superstition teach science. And don't forget the most important oh, role, yes. the one that's handwritten in, have fun. Smiley face. <laughs> I just, yeah, I don't know, how would you feel, like, coming in and being like, hi, obviously every family has, like, rules that they go by and things that they live yeah. by, but that just feels very, like, ooh. Like, does this child have fun?
1: Yeah, I just feel like it was very, like, a lot of it should be implied. But I understand she's going to be a live-in nanny, so they probably want to, like, structure it more. But at the same time, I'm like, that's that's a lot. Yeah,
0: (laughs) it felt like a lot. Yeah, and so we also get, this is why we really wanted to change the episode format for the next couple of books. And you'll see why we're going to do this for the next one, too, at the end for us special surprise so there are physical drawn pictures in this book and i think there were like 50 ish in total and so Mm -hmm. it's really hard to like describe them because a lot of them really drive the plot of the book and how they they come through so this is more of like a vibes situation for us but mallory's sitting there and she looks at, you know, the drawings of that Teddy's done as she's sitting there for the interview, and they're all normal. There's like some birds in a bird bath, and he's climbing a tree, and it's like some sunshine, and I think he's riding a bunny at one point. And then there's this one picture, this one, like really horrifying picture. Yeah. So, if you have the
1: book, is we're talking about the picture on the um, the paperback copy on page twenty four. I had to stop reading at this point because it freaked me out. Because this picture, I don't know, she reminds me of like the girl from like The Ring, yeah, like, coming out of
0: the like, TV, yeah. And i
1: like, that movie scarred me when I was little, and I never even watched it, <laughs> like just the previews. <laughs> um, but like that's what this picture like freaked me out as so you know there's these nice pictures that like a little five-year-old boy should be drawing mm-hmm. sunshine the bunny and then the last one
0: in the stack is him and this creepy lady yeah and like he can very clearly like he's adept with a crayon like he's good we, we know what he's drawing so it's very clear that he's drawing black pits for her eyes her nose her mouth long black hair it's terrifying And Mm -hmm. there is one character that we did not talk about, which is this lovely, beautiful woman that Teddy has drawn for us. And this Mm -hmm. is Anya, who is Teddy's imaginary friend. And I just like I had an imaginary friend growing up and I don't remember her having black voids for eyes and a mouth.
1: No, my imaginary friend was Zach Hansen and Barney. So I wasn't that creative I had with my
0: imaginary friends. Her, <laughs> mine, her name was Natalie. I do remember that. Um, I don't remember much else. I just know that we like played with beads and Barbies together and had fun. I was never like horrified by her. So yeah. Yeah. Like normal children. So I don't know. There was immediately, obviously, the, like. Something about this is not.
1: Yeah. Cause, like, too, like the conversation, like Caroline is like quickly like, oh, I didn't mean to, you know, put this in a stack of papers. I meant to set this aside. Yep. Mallory is kind of just like, okay, like Anya is some weird, like weird imaginary playmate. And she kind of just leans into it and is like, you know, I bet Anya's great to have around. Like, do you see her often? And Teddy's like, yeah, I see her every night. She sleeps under my bed.
0: I can hear her singing. Uh, no, no, creepy children. I just, ugh. there's, yeah, there is something about creepy children that I just cannot do. And can I say real quick, I really love when books start with paranormal and really drive home the paranormal, like I get so disappointed when we start with such paranormal promise and it ends up being an, a human thing that's explained away.
1: Yes, and that's where I thought this book was going Me too. for a little bit. I was going to be so mad, and I'm like, no. Like, she has an imaginary friend that he sees. Like, we are riding this out. Yes. She's going to be, like, a ghost. I was like a spirit. I am so somehow. happy
0: that the paranormal piece didn't drop in this book. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted a creepy Halloween-themed book, and we got it. Yes. Yeah, so that they
1: continue the interview. Ted comes home, and... He grills her like we just get the vibe that he's like, I don't want this lady watching my son like this is not, you know, the type of person, right? She can't speak a foreign language. She's never been abroad. The place that she is employed right now, like the state pays part of it. So Ted is just kind of grilling her on all these different things. And uh, Mallory kind of leaves like, all right, maybe I didn't get the job like Ted's not happy and yeah. seems like the man of the house. But Russell's waiting for her her sponsor and lets her know that caroline called him and she has the job so she is now
0: the maxwell's nanny yes and they of course like i wasn't sure where she was going to stay but they moved her into like this renovated guest house in the backyard and she was like okay i mean yeah i'm sure that's fine and yeah it just like it wasn't fine <laughs> like, it just was yeah. not and basically like she moves in she gets settled she's like things are going well like teddy's still drawing some weird ass shit but like they get into a routine she does really well with this she does runs around the neighborhood she feels like this is a really really good thing for for her and feels like this is kind of giving her like a purpose and what's really cool is that caroline like gifts her some of her older clothes and i just do you think it's weird that there are like consistent parallels to the other books that we've read
1: yeah it makes me like <laughs> when she's <laughs> like oh i gave her clothes
0: and i was like "Uh oh no, don't take Girl, those be careful be careful <laughs> like <laughs> I'm like, we know what happened. Yeah, I'm having housemaid flashbacks. And then we have Caroline and <laughs> you know all that fun stuff. But right. there's a picture, though, on page 51 that that was the one that I was dog sitting alone. And I had to stop reading it because I was like, I can't do this anymore. It's Mallory and Teddy sitting at a table. They like bake cookies together. We go on shopping trips together. She like enriches his life because there's no screens. So... She's like, you know, taking him on adventures and they go through the back forest. You know, they have new names for things and they make up this whole fantasy world together. And I thought that their relationship mm-hmm. was so freaking cute. And yeah, then I see this picture and it's them sitting at a table enjoying one of their probably snickerdoodle cookies that they made. And Anya is just like under the table. But the problem is the way that Teddy's five-year-old hand has drawn this, it's just her like big... Bulbous ass, creepy head underneath the table, with little stick arms crawling out, and I'm like, I can't do this. I cannot do this. <laughs> yeah,
1: literally. I want you, if you have not read the book, to like just pick up a copy at the library or like Google it because these pictures are creepy. And if your five year old child or a five year old person that you're babysitting is drawing these pictures, like you're gonna be a little creeped out for sure yes yeah. yes yeah. Like it's noted too so we talked about the routine he has what's called like quiet time where he goes into his room mm-hmm. and draws so then he comes down at the end of quiet time and reveals these pictures as i remember one of the rules is don't teach religion and like spiritual stuff like just teach science mm-hmm. so mallory does get some interesting questions from teddy um, one of the ones is what happens when people die, which mm-hmm. I feel like is always a natural little kid question. Totally. And you know, Mallory's like, well, just ask your parents. Like, she she's Christian, but she knows that, like, the Maxwells don't want to teach Teddy that belief. Teddy's like, you know, why can't you tell me? And he asks. This is the part that also like creeped me out because he was like, is it possible some people die but stay alive? Yeah. She's like, uh, like ghosts. And he's like, not, no, not scary. And I'm, in my head, I'm like, what do you mean not scary? Like ghosts are scary. Yes.
0: Yeah. Like to any five-year-old. Yeah.
1: So, and Mallory kind of deflects the question and they play
0: um, one of their games, again, called Land of Oz. Yes. And even though they have limited screen time, the parents do allow Teddy to watch a couple of movies of their choice. So. He doesn't get Toy Story, he doesn't get The Little Mermaid, he doesn't get any of that. He does, however, get The Wizard of Oz. Which, like, films with foreign languages and subtitles, and then The Wizard of Oz. And Teddy says this is his favorite movie of all time. But can we also- The Wizard of Oz is creepy. Like, the OG Wizard of Oz is scary. I used to- I mean, I still love that movie.
1: But yeah, the scene where they, like, the monkeys and they're, like, at the castle. Yeah! Creepy.
0: Very creepy. But they play a lot of games and they have a pool in their backyard. So they always go swimming, put on, you know, puts on Teddy's little floaties. And another thing, too, is that Teddy is five, which, you know, good age children, you know, go to the bathroom on their own, typically, barring any issues. And at that point, though, like, Teddy cannot ask for help from Mallory, period. Like, Mallory does not do any changings Mallory does not take him into the bathroom that like Mallory is not allowed to do any of these things which Caroline says it's to teach consent and boundaries because of all the things that she's seen as a nurse and things like that which I do think are super important of course
1: and she says that like Teddy exposed himself at the park or something
0: yeah which I was like I mean Teddy's five and so when he did that he was probably what three or four like It definitely wasn't an attempt, but she's like, I'm not raising a sexual predator. And I'm like, girlfriend, I think we need to maybe take a Xanax and, like, take three deep breaths. Like, what are we doing? And, oh, too, so Caroline also demanded that Mallory carries around, like, protective weapons. So she gives her a taser stun gun situation and pepper spray and is like, i know that this is a safe neighborhood but you never know you carry this around you do these things and i was like i mean safety first obviously but the way that she's portrayed in these books i'm like she's so high strung she's so paranoid but then when it comes to her child drawing like a creepy ass person she's like no it's fine it doesn't exist right (laughs) just let it be let it be like and they also tell teddy to recite these things too like it's fine. I know she's not real. I know she doesn't exist. And like, right? what is happening? We did meet a dream too, like around this time. And I immediately knew I was like, there's got to be something. Like there's got to be a little, a little something going on here. You know, he's the hot landscaper. His dad owns the company. There's always one. Always one. Know? Carter, so
1: Adrian <laughs> Carter, yes. <laughs> I, I think the picture that Teddy drew, of Adrian, is adorable though. Just him, so cute. Like, I think you like he's like giving the peace sign, you know, with like his glasses on the lawnmower. <laughs> yes, I think it's so. And how funny. He even drew like the the grass, you know, is like shorter and longer. And when we meet Adrian,
0: we also meet our lovely psychic neighbor Mitzi yes I totally forgot I don't know how how could I forget about Mitzi Hannah how I know
1: <laughs> and so she comes over and is like you shouldn't be talking to that man about Adrian and being a landscaper and everything we just kind of get introduced to her very eccentric vibe and yeah but Mitzi also reveals that where Mallory is staying used to be called the devil house because um Annie Barrett used to live there years and years ago was murdered there and so like kids in the neighborhood used to like uh, dare each other to go check out the devil house and you know see how close they can get and so after Annie Barrett was murdered there they turned it into a tool shed Mm -hmm. and nobody has lived there since now that Mallory
0: yep I thought it was interesting too how Caroline reacted to knowing that Mallory talked to Mitzi like she found out because Mallory was like, hey, um, did you know that someone was murdered where I'm living? Like, did you know that was the thing? And basically she's like, that woman is cuckoo bananas. Don't talk to her. She's literally insane. She's probably on drugs and she's so bad for you. Like, you don't need that in your recovery. You don't need to be around that level of delusion. Like, really leaning into the fact that Mallory is in recovery and she needs help and she needs to stay away from anything that keeps her off track. Mm Mm-hmm. Did she? So, I don't know how you felt about it. I was like, oh, I can like vividly imagine this happening. There are instances where Mallory sends Teddy up for his quiet time. And during the quiet time, she hears him having like a one sided conversation. Did you? Freaks me out. Yeah. Cause I was like, um, Pets. like, what is this? And so, how it's written in the book is like, she walks up she like puts her ear to the door and she hears teddy go like maybe but i and then he's cut off and he's cut off by just like silence and the silence is notated by just like periods and then they just get progressively longer in between i was like this is so fucking creepy like Yes. And I know kids do talk to themselves. They have a tendency to like talk things out loud, but he was having a call and response. Yeah. Like he was having a call and response with the air. Like, yes. Like
1: I get freaked out when my dog just like stops and stares into the corner. Like, but that's a dog, a kid talking to themselves, Mm -hmm. like getting cut off. Like, that's the weird part. Like, I definitely talk to myself as a little kid.
0: Most little kids do.
1: Yeah. But. Somebody went me off. Also to be
0: fair. We were only children. We had to talk to ourselves. <laughs> yeah, there was nobody else around. <laughs> <laughs> we we had to be our own <laughs>
1: entertainment. Very true. Yes. I will say one thing as only children are good at is entertaining ourselves. So sure are. You know. <laughs> but there's a point
0: where It turns into creepy. no, this is is creepy. This is is definitely creepy. After a quiet time, there's like this Teddy was, you know, talking to, in my, probably Anya or the air. And there's, you know, Anya's like, oh, there should be stars, as we learned from like Teddy's perspective. And then the next picture, the next picture has the stars, the clouds that Anya was talking about. And then just like, I don't know like a very casual man dragging a dead body across the woods right but we can like tell it's Anya like the dead body
1: the way he draws her face yes because it still has like the sunken eyes and the mouth is very different than he draws other humans yep Um, but it made me laugh how like Teddy reacted to like uh, Mallory questioning about it yeah you know asking like oh is this a game and Teddy's like, well, Anya acts out a story and I draw it. And Mallory's like, oh, like Pictionary? And then Teddy just, like, laughs, like, <laughs> she can't play Pictionary. <laughs> and I just imagine him being like, what? <laughs> like, Silly Mallory. <laughs> yeah, like, Mallory, what? Anya can't play Pictionary. Yeah. I just picture him, like, giggling, which is also
0: creepy, like, a little kid just giggling uncontrollably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, there's something about creepy children. Like, have you ever, I don't know if you've listened to any podcasts about it, or have you ever heard the story of, like, the black-eyed children? mm Yeah, don't do it. Um, it's super creepy. <laughs> <laughs> and I've listened to a few podcast episodes about it. It's, like, this, um, I don't want to call it folklore, because I feel like at this point in our lives, literally anything is possible. <laughs> like... But it's stories of, like, children showing up on porches, like, asking for help. But their eyes are completely black. And, like, there's a mm. whole, like, creepy aspect to it. And I just feel like Teddy would so fit a role of one of the black-eyed children. So,
1: Teddy draws these pictures. Like, he draws multiple pictures a day. Um, and then Carolina always asks Mallory to save them so she can scan them into her computer and save them, you know, as a mother would. But Teddy stops Mallory from adding this latest picture of Anya being dragged and Teddy's like wait no that's that's not for mommy and daddy that's that's for you Anya said she wants you to have it and how are you gonna say no to
0: this creepy imaginary friend you can't because she has black eyes and a black hole for a mouth like I'm not saying no to anything she says no (laughs) also so we still see more of her like obviously interacting with Teddy that's like a big basis of the book is like how that relationship kind of evolves But the thing that I found really interesting, and I did have, like, a weird feeling about it, but I wasn't sure where they were going, was, like, the relationship with Ted, with the dad. Mm. So there's, like, an instance where Mallory ends up, like, swimming late at night because Russell has given her swimming training because she's been running long distances. But now that they have a pool, he can also cross-train her to make sure that she's strong in other areas. And, like, Ted gets in the pool with her one night, and it's never quite... Inappropriate, but I feel like it borders inappropriate. Yeah,
1: I think when he like comments on her tattoo. Yeah, that's when I'm like, okay. Um, and then so I'm gonna jump ahead here because we need to talk about it. Absolutely, Ted installing cameras in the house, bro. Like, I didn't. I never trusted him, but I was like, okay, like maybe like he's a good guy. Yeah, you know, just like. There's no way. Enjoying eye candy. But no, you are a
0: creepy motherfucker, dude. Like, yeah. Like, and so too, there's Hannah briefly mentioned like the research things that um, Mallory would do toward the beginning. But there was one that she thought was a dream that we find out actually was not. But it was this research facility where they were checking like the gaze check where you would stand there blindfolded and then you would raise your hand every time you felt like there were eyes on you. And in her cabin, like, she passed with flying colors. They wanted her to do more research, but that's when she ended up selling her phone. And in her little cabin, though, she always felt like someone was watching her. And she thought it might have been Anya, like, some sort of paranormal figure. And it turns out it was just Ted through his fucking cameras the whole time. Creepy. Ugh. So creepy. Also, this is also jumping ahead. We won't go too you in depth right now. I did not guess this twist. No, I nope. didn't even come close to guessing this twist. No, nope. <laughs> either. And I had to bring up the Ted thing right now because yeah. it just like, I can't talk about his
1: character without like thinking about that now. Yes. Like, like the other things that happened, I'm like, okay, whatever. But like this, I'm just like, no. Yeah. Dude, that's creepy. Hmm.
0: And it was the whole time. Like, yes. The whole time. And. So, I thought what was interesting, too, though, was that he could see, then, all of the things that she had been doing. And this is something that I thought about after I read the book. So, he could see, like, again, we'll talk about this too, but, like, there may or may not have been a seance that they tried to do in her place. And she, they said no visitors, but then she would have um, Adrian over. And, like, just creepy-ass things like that. There's your
1: first early spoiler if you have not read, but yeah.
0: Ted's a creeper. He really is. We do not stand,
1: Dad. Nope. (laughs) So Mallory does decide to go on a long run one day uh, through the neighborhood where she bumps into Adrian. And their relationship starts, they're about the same age, you know, both at college age, about to finish. And he is very interested in her running. Like, she's like, wow, he... Is impressed with how fast she runs and how much she runs, uh, so she does develop this lie because you know, this is a nice neighborhood, Adrian lives there. She doesn't really want him to know right now that she's in recovery and didn't go to college. Um, so she does come up with this lie that she runs um, cross country at Penn State. Uh, so he's really impressed that she is, you know, a D1 athlete, like
0: just all this stuff, yeah. And she was supposed to, so like it, the lie came based out of truth but like mm-hmm. she's just really embarrassed to reveal her her actual history to him yes so we get another creepy drawing from teddy oh my god it, they're just getting worse <laughs> yeah this one is like so the man is like giggling over this massive hole and by giggling i mean like teddy drew him with the, the biggest creepiest fucking grin on his face and then yep. we have who we teddy tells us is anya at the bottom of the hole being covered in dirt but this time anya does have her like black holes for eyes but like just a sad face just a just a sad face which i thought was interesting because mm-hmm. in every other iteration it's been the same facial expression yeah so He's scooping some dirt on her. And I thought the conversa- conversation was interesting too because Melanie's like, Teddy, what? who is this? What's happening? What's going on? He's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a man burying Anya in a hole. I don't know. <laughs> and right? she, she's like, listen. She calls him T-Bear, which I think is super cute. She's like, listen to me. Like, What did Anya say to you? And he was just like, the man dug a hole so no one would find her. But I guess she got out.
1: (laughs) I know. Uh, I think it's important to note, too, he does... uh, Mallory asks why. Like, she's getting buried in the hole. Yes. But one thing he does know is he says because he stole Anya's little girl. Yeah. So it's like, okay. But yeah, but I guess she got out. That
0: part, I was like, oh, gosh. Anya is creeping around the house... (laughs) Mallory does defy Caroline and Ted's wishes and does go over to talk to Mitzi. And Mitzi's house is exactly as you would think it is, like, kind of grimy, covered in, like, the plastic coverings. Her psychic clients only come in through the back door. And so she's asking her, like, all these questions about Annie and... know the previous owners the barrets like what happened to annie what's going on and basically she's like you know there was a story about how annie immigrated over lived with her cousins and she you know was quiet and shy she kept to herself she also became pregnant at a young age and she was an unwed mother so there were rumors that She put her child up for adoption, and when she did that, she moved to Springbrook. Her family didn't accept her, and kind of as word spread around, they didn't want her like tarnishing the family name, which again, how interesting. All of these parallels. (laughs) And they're saying that basically she was murdered because of this. They said that there was blood all over this little cottage. And from there, no one has been in it. No one's used it. No one's slept in it since. And Mitzi thinks that by Caroline like renovating the cottage, she might have drummed up some spirit activity. And this is where we finally get to talk about real paranormal stuff. So I'm such a paranormal girly. I love ghost hunting shows. I love them so much. i like super into the paranormal and all of that and the thought process is that if there is like un like if there are restful spirits like within a place and they're attached to it how it is and renovations start you start changing things that that can drum up a lot of activity so i was like maybe the renovation kind of released something Mm
1: mm-hmm Yeah, and she talks about how um, Mallory does think that maybe Anya's using Teddy as almost like a vessel to communicate with us. Um, And, uh, you know, Mallory feels safe talking to Mitzi about it because um, she is a psychic and is familiar with um, the paranormal and just not you know, the typical way of thinking about things.
0: I thought it was interesting, too. I, they really, the way that, like, Jason Merculic kind of weaved in the overarching, like, battle of addiction through, like, the smallest ways in the book, like, the different temptations, the thoughts and feelings that Mallory would have. We have so much of her internal monologue and her internal dialogue because this book is written in first person. So we get all of what Mallory is thinking and feeling all the time. And there is a moment too where she's like in Mitzi's bathroom just like doing some snooping just to see like what's going on. And she opens her medicine cabinet to find so many pills, so many things. She says she's basically like a mini pharmacy. And there was like a temptation of Mallory looking at those pills being like, oh, I could just take them like i did back in high school when i would go through my parents friends or like my friends parents cabinets and things like that so i just thought that he did such a good job of like interweaving that and making that like the undertone of the book but not making her addiction and recovery like the number one focus of the book
1: Mm -hmm. yeah i like that too so mitzi and mallory continue to talk about you know Andy barrett and so after Annie died, kind of what happened to the, 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 cottage, right? And we find out that it was turned into the tool shed. Then in between like Annie Barrett living there and George and that family. And now the Maxwell's, there was a family that lived there that um, had kids and never saw any dead people. So the theory kind of of that tool shed being renovated is like okay maybe this did stir up something right because we kind of talk about how kids are more open to being like possessed and different things because they don't have as many walls blocked up they're very like vulnerable uh, the family that lived there for 40 years had five kids you think like if there was a spirit attached to the property like maybe one of them would have had it too so i thought that was an interesting kind of piece and fruit.
0: And then this is where like Mitzi suggests a seance. She's like, let's grab a Ouija board. Let's do a seance. And we'll just like bring Teddy in and we'll just use Teddy to like contact the spirit. And she's like, Mitzi, you can fuck right off with that idea, <laughs> like yeah, we will not be doing that. She's like, I can't say anything to this about Teddy, to Teddy, to Caroline, or Ted, because I can't even say God bless you in this house because God blesses no one in this house. Like, it doesn't happen yet, but there sure is a seance at some point. There sure is. So
1: the next day, Valerie goes over to the house, and Teddy has another picture for her from Anya, and it's a picture of a woman with getting, like, choked. Um... And just like looking in pain and desperate so it's a picture of anya you know mallory's just like this is fucked up like this five-year-old should not be drawing these pictures yeah like a body being dragged across the lawn getting buried in a hole and now getting choked like mm-hmm. this is just not not something a five-year-old should be should be doing
0: let's see Oh, so... Something else, too, that, like... I feel like Caroline and Ted have very different parenting styles. Um, They're not on the same page about literally anything. Because after that picture of Anya being choked, Mallory's like, bro. Like, something is wrong with your child. We gotta fix it. And Caroline just keeps pushing... That this is normal for a child. Like, this is normal for their development. Like, how dare you question me? I know what's best for my child. And then she blames the pictures on Ted, because apparently he's been reading Teddy the Brothers Grimm versions of fairy tales. Which, also, Ted, let's not do that. Let's not do that with your five-year-old. Yeah. Like, those are horrifying nightmares. I... Like, I'm just kind of lost for words. So I was like, why, why would you read that to your five-year-old?
1: It, yeah. Especially who's having the, like, you know that they have a creepy imaginary friend. Yeah. And I, like, why are you feeding into that?
0: And <laughs> I think it's truly because they're like, we are not religious. We believe in science. We don't believe in the supernatural. So nothing, like, this is just his imagination. Yeah.
1: So Todd and Caroline are like, you can't draw anymore, Teddy. You're done drawing. Like, these drawings are over. But during quiet time, Mallory listens in to see, you know, what Teddy and Anya are up to. And again, that one-sided conversation, like the pauses after Teddy says something are getting longer and longer and Teddy gets cut off. And finally he says something like, I guess we could try. And there's a pause and he says, how do we, oh, okay, right, another long pause. And he says, oh, it's cold. And then there's no more speaking after that. And she just hears like the pencil scratches on the paper. That kind of creeped me out because I'm like, okay, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) And then um, Teddy comes downstairs and he doesn't have any drawings with him. So she's like, maybe he's not drawing. She's kind of confused. So she just kind of lets it be. But she's still like, he was definitely drawing. Like, what the heck? Like, where are those drawings? Like, she doesn't find them at all. And then she has a realization that he probably threw them away. So she runs to the trash bin, digs through the trash, and finds these crumbled up um, pieces of paper. And this was just, like, crazy to me. Because, like, so far the drawings have been, you know, drawn like a five-year-old should be drawing, right? Like, the stick figures, the... You know the lumpy clouds, different things like that.
0: Yep. But these drawings that she finds are pretty are pretty good. Yeah, and like they like transform. They start out really buff and then they slowly get like super detailed. Mm-hmm. There's like a forest and a bunny. There's wings. A lot of bunnies,
1: Yep. Flowers. And then we see... You know, previously we had that picture of Anya getting strangled and, like, looking very, like, distant. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this one here with, like, her face kind of reaching out and her scream, I
0: was like, this is definitely, like, a more advanced drawing of Anya. Yeah, like, there's no way a five-year-old could have done this.
1: No. And so... She goes to one of the local coffee shops and runs into Adrian again. Mm-hmm. Mallory had picked up like some other books, like child abnormal child psychology, and then Encyclopedia of Supernatural Phenomena. And Adrian's like, "This is how you unwind after babysitting." Yeah. And so she does, um, like, dive in about. She tells him about Teddy. Like, this is uh, you know, she told Mitzi, the parents are just kind of like whatever. And But Adrienne, she tells him um, about the drawing, shows him the drawings, and kind of goes over some theories that she has. Um, And possibly, like, what could be happening. So Adrienne, you know, asks her, like, do you think Teddy's possessed? And she's like, no. Like, Annie, Anya, whoever this person is, isn't trying to destroy Teddy. Mm -hmm. But she wants to borrow his hand like she's trying to communicate somehow and she's totally expecting Adrian to laugh at her but he's in, he's interested he's invested like yeah okay
0: like I love that view I love that it's like oh no I'm gonna believe you cause this is creepy and this is crazy right and I think it's so yeah. important that she had someone that believed her Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because I feel like anybody else in her life knows her history of like drugs and there's going to be like, okay, are you using again? Like, that's their like first question, right? Where like yep. Adrian doesn't know that because, you know, she did lie to him, but he doesn't know that. So he has no really reason to not believe her.
0: Things are getting even creepier though, because like she came home and on the steps of her cottage, like under a rock, were more pictures more of these like super sophisticated drawings. And now she's like, wait a minute, like is someone fucking with me? Like is someone, because now we have, it's the same images that Teddy drew with his like five-year-old hand, but now it's like the sophisticated version. So it's the man draw like dragging Anya's lifeless body through the forest, a man looking over and down into the giant pole the man digging the hole. Like, there's just... It's super creepy.
1: And uh, Mallory does question Teddy about these new photos.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. she's like, Oh, you know, I found the pictures you left me. And Teddy's like, of the goblins? And I'm like, oh my gosh. And she's like, no, the, Teddy, the pictures of Anya being buried, they're really well done. And... Teddy was kind of confused like no I don't I don't draw on you anymore and he's like adamant like I didn't do it yeah like can we just play regular enchanted forest like I don't want to like you know basically like no I didn't do this like yeah but she follows him upstairs after quiet time or during quiet time and hears like the pen on the pencil on paper again Mm -hmm. So she's like is drawing like what the heck
0: yeah There's even more pictures, too, like, that end up coming up. Like, Mallory has dinner with her sponsor, Russell, and, you know, the family's a little worried about her because she keeps talking about these pictures. And, you know, he just wants to make sure that she's doing good and they go to Cheesecake Factory, everything's, you know. He's he's questioning her, like, How's Ted? Like, is he too handsy with you? Is anything happening? All of these things. And all of Russell's conversation with her was, like, a little bit of a foreshadow for a lot of things to come. And, yeah, you know, he's basically like, I want you to keep training, I want you to stay on track, and I don't want you to, you know, get derailed because of this. But he drops her back off, and she has another, you know, picture that was pinned by magnets, like, on her refrigerator. And it's, like, a series of pictures of a hot air balloon, someone painting the hot air balloon, and then it fades back, and it's someone painting the hot air balloon. But then behind the woman that's painting is a little girl with a teddy bear and a stuffed bunny rabbit in a field. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, like, face back to, you know, Teddy
1: saying that the man buried Anya in the hole because he stole her daughter.
0: hmm Yeah, and, like, now she's like, okay, what are the possibilities for these pictures ending up in my cottage when I'm not here? Like, the first one has to be the Maxwells. Like, they have a key. They know what's going on. They could be messing with me. There could be something going on. The second choice is Teddy. Like you know maybe he snuck over here maybe you know he's some co- sort of like a magical artist sav- the other person that she says is likely it could happen is Anya because she's like what if Anya's like controlling Teddy's body and having him do these things basically she's like all of them seem impossible but they're all the only ones that are plausible so she doesn't really know what to do And at this point, I don't really know what to do because I'm like, what the hell is happening? Like, is he actually possessed? Like, is she really a ghost? What's happening here?
1: Yeah. Yeah, because like right after, this is the creepy scene for me that I was like, nope, done. Yes. Like, yeah, because Mallory decides to go downstairs and finds a baby monitor Mm -hmm. and hides it in Teddy's room. She's like, I'm going to get down to the bottom of this. Like, what is going on? Uh, hides the camera in Teddy's room. So during quiet time, she's watching it. And it, like, just gets, like, normal. Then it's, like, staticky, frozen. And so Mallory runs upstairs and is like, okay, what the heck? I have to figure out what's going on. Um, And so she, like, runs upstairs. The doorknob won't turn. Like, she's like, what the heck is going on? Mm. So she, like, pushes open the door. Um, and just gets, like, this whiff of just, like, nasty smell.
0: Just, yeah. like... No, it's almost, like, sulfur, I think they say. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it
1: smells like urine also. Like, we know that Teddy wets the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, But she's, like, it's just, like, horrible. So she, like, freaks out and is, like, Teddy, Teddy. And he doesn't look up. Doesn't even look like he's even heard her or acknowledged that she's in the room. And he's just drawing and drawing and drawing. And Mallory gets closer to his bed, puts her hand on his shoulder, and finally he looks up and his eyes are completely white.
0: Oh, it's
1: so creepy. Like, Yeah. His pupils have, like, rolled in the
0: back of his head. And, like this kid is drawing without looking like his hands scratching across the page his eyes roll back into his head and it's very clear that he's being possessed Mm -hmm. like
1: and two he's i believe he is left-handed but he is drawing right handed yes that's also weird it's like okay and so finally he snaps out of it and kind of like blinks at mallory and is like mallory and he doesn't know what he's doing, drops the pencil, and he says he was sorry. And then there's two pictures on the floor and a third in, in process on his sketch pad. And it's a the picture series are a little girl, the little girl from the previous ones watching her mom draw. The little girl looking at a rabbit, then a picture of the rabbit, and then the little girl following the rabbit. And Teddy... Does say that he doesn't know who the girl is. And Mallory asks, like, is this Anya's daughter? And he still doesn't know. Like, he still says he doesn't know. And he, like, recites it again. You know, like, I know Anya isn't real. I know she really isn't here. Sometimes, though, I dream we're drawing together. When I wake up, there's never any pictures. And he says, like, we just dream them. So I'm like, all right. This dude's definitely possessed. Like, what he's dreaming is definitely her, like, taking over his body. Yes, 100%. (laughs) And drawing these pictures
0: through him. Yep. Mallory sits down with Adrian, like, shows him a bunch of stuff. They're becoming fast friends and becoming probably, like, a little little more than friends. Yeah. And even Caroline's like, girl, like, he's cute. You should totally date (laughs) him. But Adrian makes a fair point because he's like, okay, this is very creepy. Obviously something weird's happening. But like, has Anya like woken you up in the middle of the night? Has she tried to scare you? But he's like, you know, she hasn't tried to purposely scare you. She hasn't tried to hurt you or haunt you or any of these things. So I think that she's truly just trying to communicate with someone about this.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And this was when I was like, okay, I'm not as creeped out anymore. Yes, I agree. She wants to communicate, like, she's not a threat. Yeah. But I still, it's more like mystery now, okay? like, what is she trying to convey? Like, what is, what's the truth that we're trying to uncover?
0: The fact that even Adrian's like, yeah, dude, like, it could be worse. Like, and honestly, if I had a ghost possessing me and they were making me draw, like, beautiful art, obviously it's horrifying, but, you know, art instead of like doing something crazy i mean i feel like that's a good it's a good balance like Mm -hmm. possession art skills (laughs) like it's it's fine and now we got the seance Mm -hmm. we got the the seance adrian watches teddy while mitzi prepares the cottage and i like that the seance
1: happened almost like directly in the middle of the book i agree because a lot of times I feel like, I mean, there is a twist at the end, but I feel like major plot points in these books that we've been reading have happened like 75% of the way in. Yeah. So even, even though the seance wasn't anything like huge, we think, right? Yeah. At the time, but I'm glad it happened like early. I was like, okay, they're doing something. I agree.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause it has been like, like late stage, like final act twists and turns. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they um, they have this little seance and Mitzi's reviewing all of the drawings that Mallory has accumulated. So Mitzi brings like a board to help
1: Anya communicate with them. So, you know, they start the seance, they both are holding on to the planchette and it flies across the board to all these letters that really don't make any sense in English. Mm-hmm. And Mitzi's is convinced that Mallory's moving it, you know, just to be funny. And Mallory is like, nope, I, f- I felt Anya. Like, I felt her yes. her presence, her, like, touching me and guiding me. So we, like, know that there's some significance to these letters, something, but we just don't, don't know. But the seance is interrupted by our lovely friend, Teddy.
0: Yep. The picture that Teddy draws from the seance is creepy, too. Yeah, so, Teddy interrupts this, and... He obviously draws the picture, and then of course he tells his parents. Like as the kids like recount anything in life, but yep, he's basically like, "Mom, Dad, look, <laughs> Mallory summoned a ghost overboard with our crazy neighbor." <laughs> like, um, yeah, he draws this very horrifying picture. Um, I love how he draws Mitzi. So <laughs> Mitzi yes. is like, she's just like a circle. Mitzi is a circle, an angry. <laughs> angry circle and in this he has candles floating around and then anya with her creepy ass fucking face mouth and hair standing in the middle kind of guiding mallory Mm -hmm. and caroline and ted are pissed they are yeah and note too that
1: this like this picture is definitely one that like teddy drew Yes. Because yes, yes, yes. like it's back into like the normal five-year-old um drawing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Caroline and Ted are livid.
0: As Mallory is like arguing with Ted and Caroline about these pictures and like what it means, why she did the seance. Caroline just accuses her of using drugs again and being like memory lapses can happen. And you know, a lot of the people i work with at the va who are addicts have found that they have great artistic talents and really just spinning it and this was the moment where i was like fuck it's not gonna be paranormal and i was real sad
1: (laughs) yeah because you know we talk about like mallory's like journey through recovery and um she had coffee you know a while back and just kind of let her like mind open up a little bit more so i was like you know my thoughts about her being an unreliable narrator like she's probably not going to reveal to us that she no flipped back especially if she's had memory lapse like totally she's not
0: going to want to tell us that and i thought back to when she was in mitzi's cupboard and i was like what mm -hmm. if she took something and didn't say it yeah so no i thought that too i was like this isn't going to be a real ghost story adrian's mom is a teacher and she works at the library so like she gets some information for them about annie yeah well because
1: at this point too like um i mean i don't know about you but i was like oh yeah anya is definitely annie like there is yes you know she came from a you know across the across the ocean like translations like yes maybe her name was actually anya annie so like i'm fully bought into this theory i 100 i'm with you anya is annie that was
0: my thought process too so yeah, they get some information and she gets some of annie's artwork from like the deep archives and learns more about the history to come out of this information as well they find out that there is a living relative to annie and so they plan she lives in a retirement home in ohio and so they plan on you know reaching out seeing if they can get more information from her but in the meantime mallory and adrian kind of like have a little moment super cute, mm-hmm. definitely kiss, it's adorable, but she is like racked with guilt because she's been lying dead this whole time. Yeah, should tell them
1: the truth. In their research too, they do find the collection of work of Annie's artwork. And they do notice that the drawings that are in this collection of work don't really match the drawings that we've been finding or that Teddy's been drawing. Mm-hmm. It does go into the story, though, about, you know, a little bit about Annie Barrett and just like, okay, yep, I could see still being, you know, maybe something, some tie there. But then we have the drawings on page 201 in the paperback copy and the paintings from Annie Barrett, and they are nothing like what we've seen yet.
0: Yeah, and something that I tapped that looking back now, I'm like, uh... I love a little foreshadow, is Adrienne's <laughs> mom, Sophia, is like, where did you guys find these pictures? And Adrienne's like, oh, she found them, like, in her cottage, smashed under the, like, stashed under the floor. And she's like, bro, you're horrible at lying. Earlier today, you told me she found him, like, she found them <laughs> in a closet. And he's like, under the floor of a closet. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, don't worry. It's, you don't have to tell me. I get it. But she says, if you start poking your nemesis into family secrets, someone may bite them off. Yeah,
1: and the relative that they're going to go look for in Ohio, they're like, this could be the mysterious, you know, daughter that Teddy said that the man stole from her, right? Like, maybe this is that because George's wife was, when she passed away, like, um, gave them money. Yep. So they're like, hmm, maybe this is like a reflection of, you know, Annie Barrett's immoral... And irresponsible behavior. So it just ties into the theory more. yet I think. But they don't attack the relative right away. I,
0: like, Oh, forgot about this for a minute. Um, yeah. Okay. So she's had this, like, really beautiful night. She's feeling good. She's still feeling really guilty, though. She's lying to Adrian about her past and who she mm-hmm. is and what's going on. But when she comes home, she opens the door to her cottage. And Ted... Is just laying in her bed. And he's like, I I said, creepy Ted. Creepy Ted, yeah. And so he's like shocked that it's her, but he is literally, he's not wearing any pants. He's just laying in bed. And she's like, What is happening? She's like, I should go get Caroline. Like, and he's like, No, no, no. Like, we got into a fight. And he's like drunkenly telling her about, this island this place that you know they're gonna go to and he's like oh you know like um you're gonna be a great mother or you're a great mother mallory and she's like what is happening like he is incoherent and there was one part that i was like oh no oh no something's gonna happen it was she said that she like leaned down in front of him to help put his pants on, and I was like, "Why are we doing yeah. this?" I was like, "What?" I said, "Caroline's gonna bust through that door. She's gonna see her like on her knees in front of this man."
1: Yes, and it's this is it. Like this is the <laughs> end. And he makes a comment too, about like if she needs any help fixing the wiring, to ask him about it. Oh, that yeah, it's very delicate. Which I already revealed, right? That Ted's a creepy guy that installed cameras in her cottage. Yep. Um, so he definitely doesn't want her like poking around to all the wiring and find out that he installed the nanny cams. Mm-hmm. Just gross. And also I thought it was weird and creepy too that he like
0: had her bras in his bed in the bed. Yes so we like that whole scene was so uncomfortable and i was just waiting for something like really bad to happen yeah i don't know they like apologize and all this stuff and i'm like oh there's just something about it that makes me like mm, don't love that so as i remember from one of the
1: rules we have no screens
0: mm-hmm. however
1: um in this next chapter we find out that caroline is allowing teddy to play on the ipad and yep. so it's consumed. Teddy. Well done. Also, buckle up. Because from now and it feel, feel like till the end, yeah. There's a lot that happens.
0: There's so much that happens.
1: Because like this four hour nap that uh Mallory's about to happen have. Yep. That was pretty crazy. But so now Teddy has an iPad to play with. Um his parents are hoping it kind of distracts him from everything going on and
0: just give him a different perspective on things yeah i don't he's just he's really into angry birds like he's really vibing um but so leading up to this point whenever teddy has quiet time mallory will like fall asleep on the couch for a little bit and she kind of like loses track of time but teddy always comes down to wake her up always comes down after an hour or two of quiet time to be like it's time for games or it's time for food or it's time for something like that she has a plan for a date with adrian he's gonna take her to like this restaurant they're gonna drive together caroline's so happy for her so caroline said that she's gonna come home early that night to make sure that mallory has extra time to get ready And Teddy has been, like we said, consumed in this iPad. And so time has just been passing him by. So he goes up for quiet time. Mallory lays down. She doesn't remember falling asleep, but she does. She has a dream. We find out more like her sister had passed away. And she has a dream about that. She holds a lot of guilt toward that. There's a lot kind of going on. And so Teddy comes down to wake her up
1: and is like, oh, my iPad went dead again. and Mallory like looks at the clock on the mantle and is like 5.17. Like, oh my gosh. And then she looks at her phone and it's actually 5.23 and then she's been asleep for four hours. Mm -hmm. As if he's like, Teddy, what happened? Why didn't you wake me? And Teddy's just like, well, I got to level 30. You know, (laughs) so happy. Like, uh, I was you know, I unlocked eight new feather cards. Like, Teddy's so happy. Yeah. Right? And like Mallory's hands are just filthy, covered in like dark black suit. Like she's just been like outside digging in the garden, really mm-hmm. And Teddy just looks around and is like, Mommy's gonna be so mad. Mallory, like instantly thinks it's Teddy, right? Yeah, like, Teddy, why did you do this? And he's like, me, I didn't do anything. And then she realizes that like he couldn't have like that the um he's not tall enough that there's literally Anya's drawings all over the walls in the den. Like um, are... drawn in blank spots between windows, thermostats, light switches everywhere of like an angel and a little girl, a little girl following the rabbit, somebody trying to chase after the angel and the little girl.
0: There's just a lot of pictures on these walls. She's pa- She's like, do you have any erasers? How can we fix this? What's going on? As she's like panicking, trying to figure out what to do, she hears Caroline and adrian walk in the door Ah, uh, my heart just like broke for mallory me too because like she's so clearly trying to build herself a new life and start a new identity and be better and live a better life yep. and yeah this just um oh they walk into the room and <laughs> mallory's like before you guys come in something has happened and that something is anya took possession of my body i I know it sounds crazy but she's like while i was sleeping she made me get out the pencils and the markers and the crayons which because caroline gave teddy the ipad she actually hid those in a place that teddy could never reach so the only person that could have reached them is caroline i'm not well caroline but is mallory when no one else was home Mm -hmm. adrian's like don't worry it's okay you're safe and um she is horrified horrified by these pictures in her room which can you okay let's let's think about this imagine you have a babysitter some creepy shit's happening but it's fine but then you come home and that babysitter is claiming that a spirit took possession of her body and she destroyed your entire living room with in-depth charcoal paintings and drawings across every wall, the sockets, the outlets, everything. Everywhere. I'm not quite sure. I would know what to
1: to do. Yeah, yeah. I think my mind would definitely jump to like, she's using again. A hundred percent. Like that would be the only explanation for me. Yep. And then she was asleep for
0: four hours. So Caroline is obviously pissed that she left her child unattended for four hours.
1: Yeah. And so this is when it's revealed to to Adrian that Mallory has been lying to him and that she is a drug addict. Yep. And so Caroline forces Mallory to take a drug test and is like, come on, you said you would, like, take the drug test. Mm -hmm. And Mallory is very adamant, like, no, Anya took possession of me, like, Anya did this. Just, it goes back and forth. I just feel so bad for Mallory because I'm like, even if she is using, like, just, like, cut her a break. Like, arguing with her is not going to, like, change
0: anything. Yeah. So, Adrian is, like, horrified, too, because Ted's like, she doesn't go to Penn State. She was in a halfway house. She was in rehab for the last 18 months. And Adrian's like, oh, okay. Um, well, that's not great. But she's like, I'm not using. Like, I promise it's fine. Caroline's like, oh, this must be so hard for you to hear. Like, all the VA addicts you know at the hospital they're just they're good people but sometimes they'll just like they're misguided and they are going through a lot and i'm like how fucking patronizing can this woman be right now right so she was drug tested and it did come back clean completely so ted is like oh my god we're so proud of you 20 months sober like look at you galo and i was like yeah what the fuck is happening
1: yeah um and then It takes Mallory a little bit to realize that she is fired, that she is no longer the nanny for the Maxwells anymore. Um, She talks to Russell and Russell, her sponsor, and he is on a vacation somewhere out west between Las Vegas and the Grand Canyon. Russell received pictures from Caroline of the, like, he calls it the ape shit art project (laughs) of all the drawings on the walls and, you know... And she's like assuring him like you know I'm not using Caroline tested me that there's just something going on like a possession or something a spirit and he just encouraged her to like go to a meeting or call a friend or something and Russell's like I'm just coming home and you know she's like no don't do that but he's like I hate it here anyway it's impossible the weather is impossible and so um, he says in about like three days like he'll come get her and That Mallory just needs to make it till Monday and that they'll figure out plan B. And she just realizes, like, there's nobody else. Like, no, she really doesn't have any, like, friends to call or anything. She just lays there and she goes to sleep. She wakes up and she finds a piece of paper under a rock. And immediately she's like, oh, my gosh, I'm going crazy again. There's more drawings. But it's just a note from Caroline um, saying that they took Teddy to the shore, that they'll be back tomorrow to just do a little send offs for Cloder for Teddy and that she needs to be gone by
0: Monday. So Adrian does talk to her again. He comes up, he actually drives up and you know, he's like, I got my truck. We're going for a drive. So he actually drives her through to Philly, which is where she grew up originally. He drives by, like, by her house because he found the address and she hasn't talked to her mom in forever. And he said, you know, after I met you, I, I Googled all the information about you and I saw all of your old high school stats. Everything felt like just enough to make your story seem plausible. Even though you weren't on social media, I just thought you weren't like the other girls. And she tells him that she was telling almost the whole truth like she just hid parts of her past and from there she tells him her whole story so we find out the backstory of how she became an addict we find out the car crash that she caused by looking at her phone she wasn't technically at fault but if she hadn't checked her phone during that time the, the outcome could have been different so she blames herself because it was her and her sister and her sister's super annoying friend that she did not like, and she did not want to take them to this place. And the only person that passed away was her sister. She just takes a lot of responsibility, and the doctors prescribed opioids. And then they were like, okay, well, you no longer need them, but she was still in pain. And that slowly morphed, and she never quite recovered, took a lot of missteps, ended up fully addicted to heroin and prescription drugs and now she's 20 months sober coming out of that but you know adrian just is like you know this this must be this must be really hard on you he doesn't say anything else much of importance at this exact second but he's basically just like let's we gotta get going he's just like listen like i was pissed off that you lied to me You also lied to my parents, and that's almost more embarrassing because I have to tell my parents and their friends that you lied. He's like, the reason that we're here, though, is because of this, like, pops up in his glove box, and he pulls out a picture, and he's like, you want to talk about crazy? Like, is it possible that you snuck into my house and left this in my bedroom? I mean, I guess it's possible, but I don't think it is. And this picture is another depiction of Anya being choked but this is like the really in-depth very much like a professional level depiction and drawing of it he's like I think this means that Anya wants me to know that you're telling me the truth
1: yep so they get back to um Mallory's cottage and they take all the drawings and they try to put it in order they're like you know what I bet this is a story this is Anya's story let's try to figure out what she's trying to tell us a lot of trial and error and they arrive at this sequence starts in some kind of park with a hot air balloon a woman's painting there's a little girl nearby possibly Anya's daughter then there's a white rabbit the little girl starts following the white rabbit so we've seen all these pictures but not in the exact order so they're kind of going through it with this Um, Anya's It's showing Anya's oblivious to the daughter kind of walking away following this rabbit and then this is where Mallory and Adrian are like well it gets kind of confusing here because something goes wrong like the rabbit's gone the girl looks lost Um, and in the next picture she's approached by an angel and then the angel leads the little girl towards the light and there's somebody chasing after them and then They're like, oh, Anya's chasing after him. But Anya's too late. The angel won't give the little girl back. And this is where there's another gap in the story. Because the next picture is of Anya being choked. And we don't see kind of where the little girl and the angel go. And then it's nighttime. The man's dragging Anya's body through the forest and buries her.
0: Mallory and Adrienne are a little bit confused because they're like, at this point, like, why doesn't she just write it out? Like, if she has the ability to communicate with a pencil, a pen, this medium, why doesn't she just say it? And Mallory realizes that Teddy said that Anya talks kind of funny. And if they're going off of the belief that she, like, immigrated to the United States, maybe she doesn't speak English. And maybe the reason that she's communicating in pictures is because she can't communicate in a written language and still have it be understood. That goes back to like the seance that they had, which I thought was so cool that they tied it back to this. And Mitzi had written out everything that was said and it was just like random letters, like I-G-E-N-X-O-V-A-K-O-D-I-K-X-T-O. Like it didn't make any sense. But maybe it made sense in a language. Okay. So while they
1: were looking for these letters and these jumbled up numbers, they actually went over to Mitzi's house because <laughs> she's the one that wrote them down. Mallory couldn't remember the letters, but she knew Mitzi wrote it down. So when they were at Mitzi's house, this is when they were kind of discovering things. And uh, Mallory also thought it was weird. Like she knew that Mitzi like, definitely smoked weed because she always kind of had that um that stench of THC she would say. Right. But she noticed like needles and a tourniquet like at her house this time. She's like, hmm, that's weird. Yeah. So they just kind of like Google a ton of things. Adrian's like, well maybe it's a cryptogram, right? Like maybe it's <laughs> he's so nerdy. He I is. Love it. It's so good. So he tries to like decipher it, but it's not there. And then they hear a knock on the door and they're like, hmm, maybe it's one of these customers. But then there's a policeman there saying, I'm going to
0: need you to step outside. And so we find out that Mitzi is dead. And there were a few strange things that they found in her house. Like they found needles, found a tourniquet, things that they were hoping would have been maybe for like insulin or something, but they thought could mean that she maybe was using something a little bit harder. And they start asking like, what's going on? What's happening? But basically some kids found her in the woods and they questioned Mallory and Adrian about like what's going on why are you in here what's happening you know they were they were like oh do you remember like anything about Nancy? what was she wearing does she have dementia why were you in her house all of these questions as soon as she says oh like she was helping us like research Annie Barrett to see if there's any connection to the house she's like oh don't worry like I know all about Annie Barrett. This whole town knows about Annie Barrett. She's like, I'm not gonna spoil a good story for you, but basically the cop is like, I don't think the story is what you think it is. Like, it's a local town legend. I don't think that what your version of events that you've received is actually accurate. The cop does ask about like, when was the last time you saw Mitzi?
1: And so Mallory is like, well, we, you know, we had a seance, you know, that whole spiel. And they asked, like, what she was wearing. And she's like, you know, gray pants, purple top, lots of jewelry. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, oh, that's interesting. You know, she's not wearing any jewelry now. She's not wearing any shoes, just a nightgown. And Mallory's like, that's weird. Like, Mitzi cared a lot about her appearance, appearance and, like, never left the house without her jewelry and, you know, looking done up and everything. So it's just weird that she was found in just a
0: nightgown, that, like, she wouldn't just go on a walk by herself like that. That's just kind of a... The odd thing. Yeah, they start looking at these notes they had from the séance, and all of a sudden, Mallory realizes that all of these like X's and the random gibberish that they had are actually words, and the X's are separating each word from itself to show like, okay, this is a break here. They Google translate some stuff, and they realize that it's Hungarian. the The translation of the message is: Yes, beware, thief help flower and that's the message that anya gave them during the seance in the cottage but they're like what the fuck does this mean oh they do get a call back from mallory did try to call the retirement community to follow up with annie's relative and it's for mrs campbell and they were like yes like i want to talk to her and she's like listen it's complicated like she has late stage dementia. there's not much of a conversation to be had, but she does say that they're allowing visitors and if you go up to Akron, they will allow you to talk to Mrs. Campbell and one of the family members and figure it out. And Mallory decides like, I don't have that much time, so I'm gonna stay here and try and figure things out myself. But you know who did have time? Our boy, Adrian. Adrian did have time. So Adrian took it upon himself. Nerdy little Adrian. Oh, God. I loved him. I thought he was so sweet. Like, what a fun little character.
1: Yes. I'm waiting for the story, though, where it's like the gardener is like the the bad guy. Yeah. Because like, you know, Enzo, Carter, and Adrian are all like landscapers. We love them. And I'm like, one (laughs) of these stories, the landscaper is going to be the bad guy. It has to be.
0: This was not that story, though. <laughs> no, it was not. Adrian does leave Mallory behind real quick. So before he
1: does that, he does say like, "You know what? Let's see if Anya has anything else to say." Yeah. So she, um, so Mallory's like, "All right, like you can stay over." Like Adrian's like, "I will watch you, and like we'll see like if you draw anything." And um, so Mallory leaves like the sketch pad and pencils by her bed, and Adrian like watches her, and then. You know she falls asleep they wake up and there's one drawing but it's just like a bunch of scribbles so they just take that as anya's done like mm-hmm. he's told them everything that she can um you know figure it out what she was saying in the seance like they figured out the picture order um just all of that stuff sorry i thought that was a little good little tidbit oh no
0: that is i totally skipped over that when i was reading ahead so <laughs> thank you for that okay so adrian leaves and he's like i'm going i'm going to akron like i will i'll be there by two and i will talk to her and then i will drive home and he's like i'm gonna try you know mallory's packing up and the family does come home and they're throwing her a a pool party send off so caroline's hanging some streamers it's a thank you and they're like sending her off as if they didn't fire her which i think was like super funny
1: Yeah. But I think it makes sense for, like, Teddy's perspective. Yeah. It is, like, it's an interesting way, like, to do it. Totally.
0: And so they have this little party and, you know, they're the guest of honor and they want her to go play with Teddy. So they play around and Teddy's asking her, like, oh, can you come back around? And she's like, well, buddy, I don't think so. (laughs) But we can be pen pals. Like, we can definitely write to each other. And you can send me pictures. I'll write you letters. And so... Something that we totally forgot is that this family moved to this uh, little city from Barcelona. They were new to the area. They were just renovating the cottage. They needed a babysitter for Teddy while they were both working um, because they had spent a few months away in Barcelona. And now they were setting up new group. Mallory's talking to Teddy and she's like, oh, yeah, like, um, where are you going to be? And she's like, oh, in Norristown. And he's like. Do people take airplanes to Norristown? And he's like, oh, there's no airport. And he goes, oh, someday I'm going to ride on a plane. My daddy says the big ones go 500 miles an hour. And she's like, "Uh, oh, hey, Teddy, like you came home from Barcelona. Like you took an airplane from Barcelona. And he's like, no, we drove home from Barcelona. (laughs) She's like, um like no 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 like you drove to the airport but no one can drive from barcelona to new jersey and he's like no we did and mallory's like what the fuck what's (laughs) happening (laughs) mallory starts kind of like hmm something seems a little weird and there's like this little this little break this little intermission where adrian calls and you know, sends a picture of Dolores. We find out that Annie was not the person that we thought she was. Annie was from England, and her grandson was standing right there, and she ended up having children, and then they had children. And basically, it was a black man fell in love with a white woman, and that was very much looked down upon in the times. So they ended up moving away to be together on a farm, away from the city and there was the blood that was found like in the cottage was actually pig's blood and it was all like a a lore like a local legend completely erases the thought that Annie and Anya are the same person yep they're like well this she was never murdered so like what the fuck is happening and so Teddy gets out of the pool Mallory hangs up and She's like, I'm going to go take care of Teddy real quick. Yep. And so while Teddy is showering in their little outdoor
1: shower just to wash the chlorine off, the cop comes by and is like, oh, Mallory Quinn, heard you're leaving Springbrook. And she's like, yep, you know, things didn't work out. They just have a conversation. And Teddy from inside the shower is like, uh, there's a bug on the soap. And, you know, Mallory's like, just splash it off. You'll be fine. And he's like, no, it's it's a big one. I need you to do it. Teddy unlatches the door and Mallory, like, peeks inside and is like, where is it? And Teddy shakes his head and is just whispers, like, are we getting arrested? And <laughs> she's like, who? <laughs> and Teddy's like, is the, the police lady, is she mad at us? <laughs> like, poor Teddy. And, know. you know, Mallory's like, no, everything's fine. Just finish up. Continues the conversation with Detective Briggs. The detective's like, are you okay? Like, Mallory, it looks like you've just seen a ghost. Mm-hmm. So Detective Briggs also says that there was a an unsent text message to Mallory from Mitzi's phone. And that text message read, we need to talk. I was wrong about before. Anya isn't a name. It's, and the detective was like, that's as far as she got. Does that mean anything to you? And Mallory's like, nope. Like, Anya's the name of Teddy's invisible friend like, he's five, he has active imagination. Yeah. And so did the detective, like, lowers her voice too and tells Mallory, like, yeah, it looks like it's possibly drug related. You know, Mallory guesses heroin because she saw, you know, the things in the cottage. That is just weird that usually, like, older people don't use hard drugs but, you know, still piecing like the death of Mitzi together. You know, the detective leaves, Teddy opens the door and he's dressed in his firetruck pajamas and... That she'll see him in the morning to say her goodbyes. And Mallory says that she, like, tries to keep her composure. And she's locked the door and just, like, lays on her bed. And her puzzle that she thought she had figured out has scattered even more. And the last line of this chapter is, like, uh, the one thing that she knows for sure is the Maxwells have been lying, to Tucker.
0: Yeah, and I was like, what are they lying about? I know. I, I had no idea. <laughs> no clue. Like, so I don't There was, I feel like the pictures, I thought it was definitely a possibility that Ted was the one that had killed this girl. Yeah. After we found out for sure she wasn't Annie. Mm hmm. But what's what my what thought? Too. I was like, I did not expect. No. So, Mallory goes in the house, and she's like, she waits till Teddy's asleep, and when she comes in, she's going to sit down and, you know, talk with them, and they're offering her tea, and they're offering these things, and she notices that there's two, like, small pictures that her and Adrian missed, because they're super tiny, and they're toward the ground. One is next to the electrical outlets, and it's holding what looks to be like the same stun gun that caroline had given to mallory with some sort of like electrical pulse coming off of it and then the next picture is the angel holding it out and anya being hit by this like electrical force mallory's like is that a stun gun like in these drawings i didn't notice them and basically she's like you know Like, if we weren't going to try to interpret this, we'll be here all night. So, Ted comes back with this mug that she says (laughs) looks like dirty mop water and smells like a pet store. I would not be drinking that. No, thank you. No, thank you. She says, you know, she learned something about Mitzi and, uh, you know, she couldn't make sense of anything that was going on. And This is the part, though, that I, like,
1: get frustrated with Mallory because I'm like... like she's questioning these parents and like she doesn't know
0: the outcome yes i was like this seems a little crazy she she's like you know oh the the tea is warm you know go ahead and drink it and mallory just goes you know what else is weird teddy says he's never been on an airplane even though three months ago you all flew here from barcelona and according to american airlines that's an eight hour flight i checked how does a little boy forget about the biggest airplane trip of his life? Right? And they're just like, oh, Benadryl. Benadryl is how.
1: <laughs> okay. Like, alright. And then, this is the... has Mallory phrase it? The question that will explain everything. hmm Why didn't you tell me that Teddy
0: is a girl? Yep. Immediately Caroline's like, for starters, your question is offensive. Like, do you understand why that's offensive to ask that? And I was like, oh, God, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> She's like, I saw him in the shower after swimming. Like, did you think I'd never find out? And Ted was like, you almost didn't. <laughs> like, oh, Ted. I know. And so basically Caroline's like, we are not ashamed of his identity. We just didn't know if you could handle it. Like, Teddy was born a girl, and we raised him as a girl, and he made it clear that he identified as a boy. So, we let him choose a more masculine name, and he wanted his dad's name. And something else to note, too, is, like, um, Teddy was very particular as a child. Like, always wore the same lilac striped shirt, always had, like, a specific way of doing things and saying things, and it's something that, mallory made note of but didn't make sense of until now yeah and they're like you know oh there's so much interesting research on transgender children like i have some books in my office and mallory's like i'm sorry you're telling me that your five-year-old's transgender and somehow it just never came up like you never thought to have that conversation with me and they were like Right. Well, look at you. You have religious convictions. This is, of course, how you would respond. And she's like, I don't have any problem with transgender people. What I do have a problem with, though, is, like, Teddy screams whenever he gets dragged to the barbershop to cut his hair. He avoids all little boys on the playground. He always picks up the most feminine color in his wardrobe. And you know, all of the annoying questions from the school about the kindergarten. And this is where she realizes and she says, again, I was with you when I was reading this. I was like, bitch, shut up. Right? Like wait till Adrian's back or something. Shut like up. don't confront all of this. Like
1: uh, by yourself. No. This was
0: so bad. Cause she's like, oh oh, you don't have any vaccination records. And maybe maybe you have a birth certificate. I'm sure you could buy it. But that's why the schools kept calling because you don't have those records and you can't send them to them. And Ted's like, this is not true. We had an excellent pediatrician in Barcelona and Caroline cuts him off. And I love this. She's like, stop saying Barcelona. Ted, you never went to Barcelona. Your Spanish is terrible and you can't even say potato. I don't know <laughs> Where have you been hiding these last three years? But it wasn't Barcelona. <laughs> right? <laughs> like,
1: Mallory just keeps going, to Like, you stole someone's little girl. You dressed her as a boy. You raised her in believing she's a boy. And you're getting away with it because she's five. Because her world is so small. But what happens when she goes to school? When she makes friends? When she's older? When her hormones get, kick in? How do two people with college diplomas really imagine this could work? And, you know, they just, everyone's kind of quiet there and... Mallory realizes, yeah, maybe I should go find the police. Yeah, girl, maybe you should have before you started accusing them, these two crazy people. Yep. And Ted hits her over the head with a bottle of wine. They're trying to figure out what to do. Mallory can hear them bickering, and she's just trying to, like, crawl to her phone to try to, like, you know, get a hold of somebody or something. She just pleads to Caroline. You know, they, um... And so she tries to defend herself. She, like, sticks out her leg. Caroline comes, like, toppling on ta- on top of her.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so they're, like, wrestling, right? She's trying to, like, save herself. She rips off, like, the back, rips part of um, the back of Caroline's outfit. And it reveals um, a tattoo that Caroline has, which is two angel wings on her back. Mm-hmm. But then it kind of trails off, which the last thing we see from Mallory's perspective is ted grabbing the stun gun yeah so we assume they probably used it on mallory to kind of knock her out and um she awakes the next time in her cottage tied up in a chair
0: adrian isn't supposed to be back until about midnight after this trip that he takes so she's trying to figure out like what time it is if someone's going to come for help like what's going to happen and so she's trying to like figure out if she can get herself loose and she's attempting but as soon as she's you know she's working out the the nerve to try and get herself out and that's when she hears caroline walking in she's carrying um a supermarket tote bag she has blue latex gloves mallory's screaming like trying to get through to her and this pissed me she's like use your inside voice and i was like oh my god caroline shut up Shut up.
1: Right. But Mallory does get Caroline to kind of stall a little bit.
0: So Mallory keeps asking her questions and. Yeah, well, she notices that she's taking like something out of the bag and she's realizing that Caroline is going to stage an overdose by forcibly injecting her with heroin that's laced with fentanyl i just want to know where did
1: caroline get this shit like
0: come on girl i know i my guess is like through her line of work yeah that's true but you know this she's like this is the heroin you stole from mitzi's house and you know you took it yesterday afternoon when you snooped around her bedroom and yeah like hannah said she's like trying to stall her and asking her questions She's like, well, wait, you you were the angel in the drawings. Like you hit Anya with your Viper and you know, you stole her little girl. Like how old was her little girl when you stole her? Was she two, two and a half? And Caroline starts like shaking and fumbling a little bit. And they keep going back and forth. And she's like, obviously like you had Ted's help. And I know a game you're trying to play. Mallory, this won't work on me. I rescued that child. And she's like, Teddy remembers. And she's like, how would you know? He is happy and well-adjusted. And I worked very hard to get to this place. Yeah.
1: I don't know what child she's talking about, but, like, Teddy is not
0: well-adjusted and happy No. And not traumatized. No. Like, the
1: boy is literally drawing pictures <laughs> of-, of what happened and is literally yeah.
0: seeing his mom. Correct. Like, physically being possessed by his mother. <laughs> oh, she does get Caroline to sit down for a minute and tell... story about like how she struggled with infertility and they saw this woman um at this like hot air balloon event drawing a picture and she was ignoring her precious beautiful little child and she didn't even notice when she ran off so obviously she was rescuing her and at this park um, so she met Margaret, which is anya's real name anya stands for mother that's what they used to say mom In Hungarian. And so, she had a little girl named Flora, which explains the letter um, from the the seance. Beware, thief, help, flower. It wasn't flower, it was Flora. Help my daughter, Flora. So, you know, she saw them there every weekend. It was their routine. And the time with the hot air balloons is where... You know, Caroline decided that it was her time to shine and it was her time to save Flora from her mom who didn't care about her, who just set her up at the screen and then did her art. And that was that. She just kept getting more mad, more mad watching this happen to her child. And so she just wanted some time. She took a short walk with the girl. Her mom didn't know she was missing, but she did when she realized she, started, she was the person in those pictures that was running after Caroline. She looked like she was ready to hit her. So Caroline decides to use her stun gun on her as she's running to try and find her daughter that ran away and that Caroline literally stole. Kidnapped. Abducted.
1: And so Caroline, you know, tells the story and just... You know, she's not changing her mind, though. She is definitely going to kill Mallory. Like, she's... Caroline seems exhausted and just explains, too, how... They thought, like, Mallory would be the perfect candidate to hopefully kind of adjust Teddy into, like, a new playmate to compete with Anya. And that Mallory is smart, but not too smart. And that her history of drug abuse was a plus because Mallory was insecure. Caroline thought, like, Mallory wouldn't really question too much of Teddy's imaginary friend Anya until the drawing started to happen and that's when they were freaked out because found out that there wasn't a way that Anya could actually communicate because they didn't think that it would actually happen.
0: Yeah and like Anya followed them. Mm-hmm. Like Caroline knew that Teddy was literally seeing his mom. Like Teddy was hearing Anya singing Hungarian lullabies every single night. And she's like, yep, uh, wherever we go, Anya follows us. So, like, the whole supernatural, like, no chat of that was definitely a way to just try and keep that kind of discussion up to the side.
1: And so, you know, Caroline finishes that story and Mallory is still trying to stall, right? So she's, like, looking at the clock, seeing how soon until Adrian gets back. And she asks her about Mitzi. And Caroline reveals that her and Ted, you know, made up that they saw the argument that they, you know, faked her overdose just as they're gonna do to Mallory right now. Ted dragged her out to the woods, left her there. And that's what happened to Mitzi. And so Mallory's like begging him, like, please don't do this. And like Caroline's last words to her, just look at the bright side. Maybe you'll see your sister again. Mallory just says like her whole body seized up and she sees Caroline Caroline leave. Like she's not even gonna watch Mallory die. And she opens her eyes and sees Anya or Margaret. Uh, waiting in the shadows and just realizes that she is already
0: overdosed. As she's looking at this like image of Margaret, she's begging her for help. Like, please help me. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like, am I dead? Is this the afterlife? Like, what is happening? She realizes that she is in the pictures that Margaret had been drawing and showing her. It's like uh she's looking at Margaret and Flora in the context of the image and she's like pulling up the images side by side so she can see what Teddy was drawing and what Margaret was drawing through Teddy and it's really cool to see like the side by side comparisons and you know she says she's overcome with Margaret's grief and also partially maybe even her grief she really thinks that she's dead But then the door opens, the lights are on, and Ted is standing in the cottage. Fucking Ted. Oh, Ted.
1: Right? And he just walks in and is like, I'm so sorry, Mallory, just sit tight. And, you know, Mallory's trying to talk like she drugged me, your wife. And Ted's like, Oh, it's just baby powder. I switched the heroin with baby powder. You're fine.
0: And she's like, What are you doing? And he's like, I am protecting you, I've always protected you. Don't you remember in your job interview? Because back when it was, you know, Caroline really, really wanted Mallory and Ted just did not. And he was grilling her with these questions of like, so you don't know a second language. So you don't, you know, you can't teach her son an instrument. You were a drug addict. You're not going to school. You don't have ambitions. And now he's like, I said all of that to protect you. So you wouldn't come here. So you would be safe from the clutches of my wife, basically. (laughs) Um, Oh, and the ghost. Also the ghost. You know, Caroline must thought she was the solution to all their problems. And Ted cuts her free. And he's like, I'm so sorry I hit you. Like, we'll stop at the gas station and get you some ice. Like, oh, you're... And he goes, oh, you're all packed. Like, that's perfect. My bag's in the car, so we're all ready to go. We'll drive through the night and keep pushing west. And (laughs) Mallory's like, Ted what the fuck are you talking about right and <laughs> she, he's like right you know like i've been planning this for so long i forgot that we hadn't fully discussed it but like i know how you feel about me mallory and i feel the same way and i'm ready to act on those feelings so here comes creepy tad again this man cashed in his iras put eighty thousand dollars in the bank is ready to leave caroline and take her up to that Whidbey Island place that he was deliriously talking about when he was drunk on her bed. It's it's a mess. It's a whole mess.
1: So yeah, Ted's trying to get her to go with him. Mm-hmm. Like she runs into the bathroom. She's like her mind is racing. Yeah. Like right. Like Carolyn just tried to kill her, and now Ted's trying to save her, and he is apparently like in love with her. Yeah. Um, which is so, so just gross. I kind know. Of, like, yeah. Because as I yeah. that right, that, like, he's been watching her, you know, Mallory's trying to figure out, like, what to do. And she's like, I just have no choice. Like, I guess when we pull over for, like, gas or food, like, I'll make a run for it or find a police officer. Um, and then Ted, as she makes her way out of the bathroom, he, like, looks in the bathroom and just kind of sees it. Like, she's, like, worried that he's going to see her footprints on the top of, like, the toilet seat or something. And so Mallory's like, you know, what? I'm just gonna be all in. I'm gonna try to, try to distract him, right? And like hugs him and just says, "Thank you for rescuing me, Ted." He like pulls her back and kisses her forehead, and just says that, like, you know, he'll never let her down. They're like, "All right, let's go." And then there's a loud pop, and he's like knocked off balance. And three more pops, and so Mallory starts screaming, and Ted slumps onto the suitcase, just hands over his chest. Blood is just like seeping out from his fingers. And then there is Caroline standing in the window, pointing at Mitzi's gun right at Mallory. And Caroline's like, were you serious? Were you really going to leave with him? Mallory's still like in shock, like staring at Ted. And it just like, doesn't, doesn't know what's going on. And this is when Caroline reveals that Ted has been watching her. Like, like, did you ever wonder why your, your fire alarm didn't go off when you were like burning dinner? And she's like, uh, you didn't notice that your smoke alarm didn't work? And Caroline's like, it's a webcam dummy. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, you're such a bitch. Right? She said, like, Ted claimed it was, um, so they could make sure she wasn't doing drugs. But he was just, like, watching her, just praying that Mallory would take a shower and just, like... Like we said, watching her. And Caroline yeah. was like, I always wondered if you felt like somebody was watching you. And Mallory was like, I just thought it was Anya. Yeah. Like, you know, I didn't think of a cameraman, you know? And, um... I liked Caroline's response, too, because she's like, no, mommy stays with her baby at night. It was always Mr. Family Man here, Mr. Father of the Year. I know.
0: I, like, (laughs) there were so many parts of me that I was like, okay, Caroline, like, I kind of, I feel for you, and I love this. But also, I was like, Caroline, you are an actual psychotic piece of shit. Yes. Yeah, like, you stole Margaret's baby. Mm -hmm. You stole Flora. Caroline is now holding the gun at Mallory and she's like, you need to reach into the drawer. You're going to grab the knife. Then holding the knife, I'm just going to have to shoot you because it's self-defense and that's how this is going to play out. And Caroline is a really great storyteller man. She really can make up some stuff on the fly and believe it with her whole chest. And so Mallory reaches down for the knife. After she grabs the knife, she realizes Ted is no longer there and ted lunges at caroline she falls to the ground mallory lets go of the knife and she runs she runs she knows that this is her only chance to get out of there as she's running there's an explosion a gunshot and she runs to the grass runs toward the house so she starts to run away before she realizes that teddy is still inside and that caroline is obviously gonna realize that she's escaped. So she goes to grab Teddy. She locks it behind her, pulls him off the bed and is like, we gotta go. Like, Caroline is already in the house. Um, Mallory hoists Teddy over her shoulders. And then trying to escape Caroline as fast as possible, she runs outside to the back patio. And luckily, this enchanted forest that they had made up throughout the summer comes to her rescue because she knows this forest inside and out upside down anywhere that she can go they start running and they're running to what they call the dragons egg boulder and then they run to uh they run off the dragon path and she hears footsteps behind her and there's also in the distance now like a faint cry of police sirens and she's trying to get Teddy to walk. But Teddy says, like, no, I can't do it. And so here we are in the final the final moments of this chase.
1: Yeah. So they climb up to the top of their little tree, and they've been, like, storing different things that they've found. And they did find, like, this, like, arrowhead that they stored up there that was, like, little weapon and just different things they found on their adventures. So Teddy and Mallory are up there. Mallory's trying to get, like, Teddy to be quiet, like, to not, like, give away their location, and Caroline's almost there and is calling after, calling after them and finally sees them and is just like, oh, Teddy, thank goodness, there you are, like, what are you doing up there? And Mallory's like, no, you know, she still has the gun, like, Teddy, like, don't move, like, you're safe here. But Teddy just, like, naturally gravitates towards her. Caroline just encourages, you know, Teddy to keep going, that, you know, Mallory's sick, and. She had a psychotic break and um, everything. And Mallory's like, there's no way Caroline's leaving me in this tree. Like, she's going to get Teddy. She's going to kill me. Like, that's what's happening. Teddy gets down and shimmies across the limb. And Mallory just you know, yells at him like, Teddy, no. And when it, Teddy looks back at Mallory, she can see the whites of his eyes. His pupils have rolled back in his head again. And his right hand reaches out, snatching the arrow. Caroline raises her arms, thinking that Teddy's coming to mom, right? Coming to mommy. Teddy, like, just creepy children, right? Like, I just can't even, like... So, Teddy, like, jumps down from the tree, lands on Caroline, is, like, straddling her, right, on her waist. And just, he just starts spearing the arrow through the side of her neck. And, um, like, Caroline's in shock, right? And Teddy's just going for it, but... As we know, right, like, when his eyes rolled back, like, he's possessed. Like, this is definitely Anya, Margaret, like, getting her revenge finally. And, like, Mallory tries to stop it. But, like, Mallory's like, I know that, like, this just saved my life. But, like, what's going to happen, right? Like, hopefully Teddy doesn't end up in an institution. Like, what is going on, right? And then poor Teddy wakes up and is just asking Mallory, where are we? You know, he's tight. He is, like, frightened and asks if they're dreaming and just asks if this is real.
0: Yep. And they notice that the officers are coming toward the woods. There's a woman and a child. And they enter into a creek. And she's just trying to keep Teddy calm. And they're saying that it's okay. You're safe. You're safe. And so they see that she was holding something. There was the arrow to the ground. No other weapon. And there's another figure in the distance that she notices through all of the screams and the, through all of the yells, through all of the chaos of the police. And she says that she was the one who did it. She lets the arrow drop. And she notices that the figure that was there, which was Margaret, is now gone.
1: Yep. I would have
0: loved it just to end right there. I would have too. I would have too. I... I did not think that it needed a one year later.
1: No, I don't think it did. Um, Like, I understand why, but I don't think it needed. I agree. Because, I mean, we'll breeze through this one year later, but um, it reveals that, you know, Mallory wrote this down. So when Teddy or Flora, right, Mm. Flora um, is ready to, like, learn about what happened, she can read it and understand Like, what actually happened. Flora's reunited with her actual father. Um, They find out who that is and, you know, all that information. So, you know, Flora's starting to kind of adapt back to normal life. Yep. And,
0: you know, Mallory reconnects with her mom. And we learn that the woman from the research project was actually still looking for her so that wasn't something that she imagined and you know it's just one of those like nice little neat bows her and Adrian are still together she's starting college and they didn't want her to try and connect with flora for a while because obviously this is a traumatized child and wanted to keep things you know really steady and she's writing to to Flora about this and Flora was super hesitant to meet her didn't really seem like herself there were all of her other cousins just having fun and you know they talked to her for a little bit Mallory brings her some gifts and that was kind of the last time that she ever saw her but on the way out adrian and her walking back to the car and they're like she looks great she looks happy obviously this was the right decision for her and then all of a sudden flora ran out to the car slammed full force into her gave her a big hug didn't say anything but she handed her a picture and the picture was an actual child's drawing with nothing creepy in it but it was her and Mallory holding hands and she's wearing this striped shirt that she always did with sunshine clouds and flowers in the background you know she said that she wrote this book so that one day when she's ready to find out the truth and what happened in spring book the book will be waiting and so will mallory
1: yeah and what i like to about like the difference in like pictures mm-hmm. is if you look at like the earlier ones when she was drawing as petty yeah like short hair shorts and in this one like you know for as as a dress it's longer hair so like that's the one thing i did like about the epilogue was that piece yes. like seeing the the drawing still but i know i like talk about how like let a book be a book but yeah, yeah. this one when it's a horror book or a thriller book like doesn't need a nice bow like i read romance for for sure that like
0: happy and ending I, you know like, and i know we just had the only one left which did tie everything up in a nice bow But I feel like the way that it did it was so on brand for, like, the chaos that ensued the entire book. Yeah. Like, of course, there was so much chaos that happened. Of course, there was going to be a really chaotic, off, like, unhinged ending. Whereas this felt like a very Mm -hmm. calculated, well-put-together paranormal, like, thriller horror. And I don't think that it needed that.
1: Yeah. So, like, with Verity—did you read Verity? I did. So, like, I think it could have been released like Verity did, where— there was um like a special edition with an extra chapter yeah. that did like a one year later. Yep. Um so like I think it could have been that, but I feel like I would have
0: been like just as content if it ended where like I agree. This ended before that. I agree. So that was all of Hidden Pictures. I genuinely did enjoy it though. I thought it was a really good book. Yeah, I did too. Yep. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, that was Hidden Pictures. I do like the pictures themselves are so creepy and the book was very well paced. We went over a lot, but we also missed a lot of details. So if you're still interested in it, I would highly recommend picking it up, checking it out, seeing if you liked it too, Mm -hmm. because you can't, we can't describe the creepy feeling that you felt as you were reading this.
1: Yeah. So especially like that first
0: picture. Oh my God. I know. And like I said, I was alone. Like dog sitting at a friend's house, and I was like, "Oh, I'm not doing this. There's, I can't do this. There's no way." Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, but yeah, you ready to talk about our songs? Let's talk about
0: our songs. Which is, um, this is hard. Okay, so I know that I made a game time decision and changed my song. So I picked this song when I was going through. I did not connect to any Taylor songs or any Harry songs or anything in my like current realm that I felt like could could match up. So I went back into my throwback Thursday playlist with all of my old emo songs. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I chose X amount of words by Blue October. And it's almost less about the words and more about like the feeling of the song. There it starts by saying like relapse, prevent, trigger intent, now drown, high strung, say X amount of words. Your solar bipolar panic disorder seems harder and harder and harder still you try to control it. So it is about a battle with addiction and it's trying to fit the molds. You're becoming superficial to try and fit into this like baseline of what people expect you to be. And there's one line specifically or one little section. It says, a plate of quite peculiar on a dish of my own, a tablespoon of feather tickle me to the bone. Give me recipes for happy with the chemicals gone. Drinking Freedom from a Bottle to the Tune of Belong. And that was like, okay, this is the recipe for success. I'm going to be this superficial person in this beautiful neighborhood that I don't fit in to find this family, to be part of it. And because it addresses addiction, I felt like it was really, really in there. Like it says, your brain is faulty, wiring the reason for tiring. Keep treating the curse, imagine the worst. And this line right here, this was like Carolyn's, line to me was systematic sympathetic quite pathetic apologetic paramedic your heart is prosthetic I like that parallel yeah Yeah. and so like I said it's I have those little lines but the song as a whole the vibe as a whole I think really encapsulates it and it's my first like big step out of our little our little swifty bubble that we love to live in so much but um I really struggled picking a song and I am really glad that I switched to that one because I think the cheat code song that I had picked is just a little too like fluffy and upbeat and this is way more of like what the tone of the book was.
1: Wait to listen to it. Just for all of you out there too, don't forget to listen to our Spotify playlist. We'll make sure this is added um, so you can listen to it as well. Yeah, so my song Bury a Friend by Billie Eilish. uh, I mean, the whole vibe of her album, this album, Mm -hmm. I just love, but it is kind of like creepy. Uh, But it like starts out and I always thought like This song reminded me of, like, a little kid questioning something, too. So it made me kind of think of, like, Teddy. Because it's, like, a, to me, it's, like, almost like a back and forth, like, between, like, you know, Teddy, Flora, and, like, Anya, Margaret. So it's, like, what do you want from me? Why don't you run from me? What are you wondering? What do you know? Why aren't you scared of me? Why do you care for me? And when we all fall asleep, where do we go? So it just kind of, like... I don't know, those questions just made me think of, like, you know, Teddy being like, what do you want from me? And Annie being, well, why don't you run from me? You know, and just, like, different things, like, and, like, the why do you care for me? Because, like, you know, it's the spirit, right? Like, of course, the mother spirit. And then there's, like, lines near the end, too, that's like, um, keep you in the dark, what had you expected me to make you my art? So, like, I, you know, it kind of was, like, how... You know, she used um, her daughter to help reveal the story and, like, made the art through that. I love that. But just, like, the vibe, too. It's, like, a very, like, creepy vibe. But I can just see, like, I don't know, part of, like, where, like, Adrian and Mallory are, like, finding everything out. It's just, yeah. Yeah, I
0: need to listen to it because I feel like I've probably heard it, but I can't, like, recall it right now. So I will definitely listen to this, too.
1: It's been stuck in my head this whole podcast. I love so. it beautiful (laughs) and maybe go on like a Billie Eilish renaissance and just listen to like all her old stuff totally
0: like prior to this I love when that happens all right so are we ready to talk about book ratings yes let's do it I was flying through this book like a five star read up until the very end and I know it sucks because like I don't know it's so hard and I feel like You know, I posted, oh, we have a rating system, and this is how we do it. And I, the more that we do this podcast, the more I realize that we're both very much just, like, vibes. Like, we just go on vibes. And, like, yeah, the writing could be spectacular, but there's something about it that made me not like it. Or the writing could be, like, okay, but the story caught me so much that I'm, like, I don't even care. This is five stars, you know? Mm -hmm. So, for me, I've never done a quarter rating, but I'm going to. Was going to give this four and a half Solid four and a half moons at the end. But I think that one year later just ticked me down just a little bit. I'm going to give my first quarter. So I'm going to do four and a quarter moons on this book. And I think it completely without that one year gone, it would have been four and a half for me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm going to give it a solid four Saturns. I think without the one year, I think I still would have been at a four. Because I kind of wish the creepiness held longer for me. Yes. Yes. Like I wish the pair like I'm glad it the paranormal kept the whole yes. time. But instead of being like this creepy imaginary friend, it was like the mom looking out for her daughter. And I was like, that's cool. I like yes. That. So that makes I, think sense. I think if the scarier part held longer for me, it would have been up I there. Agree. Um but I think four Saturn's is still yeah. If, if you've been listening, for me, a four Saturn book is great. Yeah.
0: So definitely go read no, it. No, it was really good. And I didn't think about it like that, but I do agree. I was super creeped out for the first half of the book. And then from there, it was more of like a whodunit. Let's solve this mystery. Let's figure it out. And I still kind of wanted to be creeped out, but I wasn't.
1: Yeah. Okay. No. Which I enjoyed yeah. it still. I mean, we still love those thrillers. Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah. I wish it was just, I wish I was a little more creepy crawly throughout the whole thing. We did love it. We had a really good time with it. We've been very lucky with our choices. Very fortunate with our podcast yes. choices. So we have some something to chat about for our next episode. So. Yes.
1: So our birthday is coming up. Yes. So excited. So if you don't know, uh, me and Brent are born a day apart. Yep. She's older. But. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but so, like, oh. We love celebrating things. So, you know, our special Halloween episode, we hope you enjoyed that today. Yes. Um, But our next episode is going to be our special birthday episode, which
0: we are changing genres completely. Completely. Something new. This is something that we talked about, like, at the conception of the podcast, pretty much. And so we've been holding out for a while. We're super, super excited about this one. So in our special birthday episode, which is probably going to be a little longer, a little extra chatty, just for fun to celebrate, we are reading and we will be reviewing and talking about Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. And this episode will just so happen to fall right after Iron Flame is released.
1: Yeah, so perfect timing. We are super excited to dive into the fantasy genre. I personally read a lot of fantasy so i'm excited to get brit back into that that life oh, um, you guys i'm
0: so scared of fantasy i'm so scared of it <laughs> it's
1: you know it's a commitment because you gotta build this whole new world and everything and it's mm-hmm. a lot but uh we're definitely excited we've heard a lot of good things about um the series so yes. we're really excited to um dive in and read about it
0: yes so thank you guys so much for listening and hanging out with us for our special Halloween Spooky Season episode. Please be sure to rate, review, follow us. The ratings and reviews help us a ton. So if you haven't liked the podcast, we would really appreciate it. And then you can follow us on social media, Instagram, TikTok. We have a Discord server, Music for a Book Pod. All of the links are in our Instagram bio. You can find everything super easily.
1: Yes, so happy halloween happy halloween Uh, stay spooky um and we might just do a random spooky series throughout the year you never know but we do love we had to do it for yes we had
0: to do it for october absolutely thank you guys so much and we will catch you for our very special birthday episode bye see you later bye